Hey guys, long time no see, how have you been? Well, it better be good, because it's the month of spooky. That's right, it's October, also known as the best month. I mean, it's got Halloween, which is objectively the best holiday. You get candy, you can dress up, it has roots in paganism, what's not to love? And rest assured, I will be making an episode on Halloween this month. I mean, you know me, making a holiday episode around the time of said holiday. <laughs> like the Mother's Day episode, or the 4th of July episode, uh, you get the idea. And well, this coming Monday is the second Monday of October. And in America, that means it's time to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. Or if you prefer, for some reason, you could also see this holiday as one celebrating a European explorer who discovered America. And to those people, I say, Happy Leif Erikson Day! Hmm, what, what's that? I'm missing someone? Nah, I don't think I am. Anyway, let's talk about people who stole the credit for discovering the American continents on this week's episode of Historical Hijinks. <laughs> Alright, now then, I guess I should, um, start out with what Indigenous Peoples Day even is. Uh, well, well, obviously it's a holiday celebrating the people who are indigenous. Okay, that didn't make as much sense as I thought it would. Uh, okay, look. It refers to the first people of the Americas. You know, Native Americans. The people who crossed into modern-day Alaska from East Russia about 15,000 years ago. And from there they spread throughout all of North and South America. And then the glaciers melted, and the land bridge they used to cross into the Americas was submerged, destroying the only land-based connection to the Old World. But, I mean, hey, they spread out and made many different groups and tribes, you know, from the Navajo, to the Iroquois, to the Aztecs, and even the Incas. These groups were diverse, with different languages, culture, music, food, and beliefs. Some of which included some human sacrifice. FUN! And by the year 1492, the total population of Native Americans was estimated to be around uh, 112 million. Why 1492? No reason. Don't pay any attention to it. Moving on! Um, uh, ever since the land bridge connecting the so-called Old World, you know, which was Europe, Asia, and Africa, and the New World, which was comprised of the Americas, was destroyed, uh, the two sides of the planet were disconnected, you know, completely cut off. They were totally unaware of each other's existence. I mean, we didn't have email back then, and you couldn't exactly ride a horse across water. Unless it was a seahorse. But those are too small. And I guess if you got, like, a whole bunch of them, they could, like, pull you. There, w w whatever, you couldn't get there. The only way either would ever be able to meet would be if someone took a boat and sailed out into the ocean. But no one wanted to do that. Because they thought that they would fall off the edge of the earth. No. The whole people didn't explore the oceans because they thought the earth was flat and they would fall off. It, it, the, the whole thing is stupid. People back then knew the earth was round. We have in fact known that since Eratosthenes figured out the earth's circumference in the 3rd century BCE. Also, side note, he was actually remarkably accurate with his calculations. 
being within 15% of the Earth's actual size. I mean, and he did this with nothing but sticks and shadows. Pretty impressive. Anyway, people knew that the Earth was round, and they had a pretty good idea about how big it was. Thing is, is that people in the old world just didn't know that the Americas existed. And because boat technology could only rely on wind in their sails because engines didn't exist, boats were not the fastest. So even if you wanted to sail from, let's say, Europe to Asia, you would simply run out of food and supplies and die long before you would even make it. But nevertheless, there were some brave and stupid explorers who defied the odds and ventured out. So, I don't know, why not talk about them? First, we have someone who might have gotten to the continental Americas. Maybe, we aren't sure, it's up for debate, and I'm, but I'm gonna talk about it anyway. You know him, you love him, you most definitely have never heard of him unless you live in Ireland, in which case you might have. Saint Brendan the Navigator. And yes, that is saint, as in a patron saint. He's actually the patron saint of mariners, if you're wondering. Also, while researching this, I found a whole bunch of patron saints with weird domains. Like, there's a patron saint of astronauts, a saint of arms dealers, a saint for clowns, flight attendants, motorcycles, pyrotechnicians, therapists, and even gambling. So next time you're in Vegas, you better hope Saint Giantaro is looking favorably upon you. Anyway, this rant has nothing to do with today, the, the topic of today's episode. I, I just thought it'd be funny to mention. Perhaps it'll be an episode of its own someday, who knows. Anyway, back to St. Brendan. He was born around 484 in southwest Ireland. Uh, he went to a monastery school at the age of six. And uh, when he grew up, he supposedly took uh, this legendary seven-year journey across the Atlantic Ocean with 16 monks in order to find the Garden of Eden. Because you know, in Irish mythology, the, the magical land of Tirnanog was supposedly across the Atlantic Ocean and... You know, that myth became muddled with Christianity when it arrived in Ireland. And, okay, look, he supposedly went off looking for us mythical magic lands or something, alright? Now, in an earlier episode, I said that if you go far back enough in history, fact and myth become uh, hard to differentiate. And that's true. Should we take the voyage of St. Bernard at face value? Of course not! It says he met a sea monster named Jasconius! But, you know, there may be some truth, you know, with, with the part about the, the land he found. Uh, he found an island that he named St. Bernard Island, the little narcissist, and uh, there's a small chance that that part is true. I mean, it, it, it's totally possible that St. Bernard did sail and found some yet undiscovered island. The problem is we don't know which one he discovered, if at all. It could be anywhere from some random island off the coast of Ireland to the Faroe Islands, or with a slim chance that he even reached North America by landing, you know, on an island off the coast of Canada. I mean, the only real evidence is that he claims to have found some grapes on an island, which the area of Newfoundland and Canada had lots of. But unless we find some real physical and conclusive proof that St. Bernard landed onto the shores of North America, it stands right now that he uh, very much likely did not get there. Although later his, uh, his uh, voyage was written down and it did inspire uh, Christopher moving on. We have an old worlder that we do have conclusive evidence that they reached the continent of America because it's October 9th. So happy Leif Erikson day. A-hinga-dinga-durgen. Make Spongebob reference on the podcast? Check. Ah, yes, Leif Erikson. 
the Viking explorer who we know for a fact reached Canada. You see, the late 10th century was the height of the Viking Age, when the Norse greatly expanded and explored new trade routes across Europe, plundered and conquered many a kingdom, and fought in places as far off as modern-day Istanbul, Turkey. No, no, seriously, we, we actually have Viking graffiti on the Hagia Sophia. And most importantly for this episode, the Vikings colonized the northern Atlantic Ocean. At first, they carved out some kingdoms and territories for themselves in the British Isles and by creating a kingdom called the Danelaw. I mean, why do you think the days of the week are named the way they are? Thursday is Thor's Day, Friday is Frigga's Day, and so on. Even English words like husband, skill, or berserk come from Old Norse that the English language just adopted when the Vikings occupied England. But they didn't just stop there. The Vikings ventured even further, colonizing Iceland and eventually Greenland. And yes, haha, ha, the place with beautiful fauna is called Iceland and the place that has nothing but snow and glaciers is called Greenland. A lot of people seem to think that the Vikings named Iceland what it is so that people would stay away from the, like the first colonizers so that they could have the beautiful island all to themselves or something. But, but no. Some Viking named Floki made a settlement there, and when the hay failed to grow for his livestock, he just climbed up the mountain in sadness, it started snowing, and he, he just said, Well, I guess this place is Iceland. As for Greenland's name, it was probably because the person who first colonized it, Eric the Red, was trying to get people to move to the colony, and the name Hospitable Icy Wasteland wasn't good for the image. But then, Eric the Red's son, Leif Erikson, set off to make his own Viking settlement. You see, 14 years prior to when Leif Erikson would set foot on the soil of the North American continent, an Icelandic trader, Bjartni Herfelsen, had been blown off course and he spotted some land off of the horizon. It didn't match the description anywhere on a map and it was far too big to be an island. But instead of exploring the land, he, he just decided to go home. Uh, and we think that he was actually the first old worlder to have set eyes on the new world. You know, unless Brendan actually got there, but that's highly unlikely. As there's no proof, but, but this guy we know, we, we're, we're very sure about. So around the year 1000, Leaf and his crew landed in modern-day Canada. But Leaf and his crew actually named it Vinland, or Wineland, because they made a lot of wine out of the wild grapes that grew in abundance there. But they were not alone. For this is the first time that the indigenous people of the New World met someone from the Old World. Well, besides the Inuits they met in Greenland, but shh, I'm trying to be dramatic. Anyway, how'd the meeting go? Well, at first they had a shaky but stable relationship, trading with one another and all that. But as they were Vikings, and as Vikings tend to do, they couldn't really help themselves to a bit of raiding on the nearby villages of the native people. This obviously caused a lot of turmoil, and eventually resulted in Leif's brother being shot with an arrow and killed. The colony of Vinland never really got off the ground either, lasting only around a decade. It was a long voyage to reach the Vinland, and it was difficult to trade with or to send supplies to, but the two main reasons were because uh, of bad harvests and, you know, the fighting with the native people. And so the remaining Vikings abandoned Vinland, but not before Eric's half-scissor, Freydis, became one of the coolest women in history, and soon the Viking Age itself uh, would end uh, not but 50 years later. But still, Leif had become the first European to set foot in America, 
Take that, Kalamali. Remember the richest human in history to ever exist, Mansa Musa? Well, he actually became Mansa of Mali when the previous Mansa, Mansa Abu Bakari II, set sail with a large fleet to explore the Atlantic Ocean and never returned. According to some sources, Abu Bakari II may have even gotten to Brazil, but just never made it back to Africa. But no real evidence of this has ever been found, so they probably never made it back. But still, talking about the people who most definitely, like, 99% did not make it to the Americas, like Abu Bakari II and St. Bernard, is infinitely better than talking about that moron Christopher Columbus. I mean, why? Why? Why do people still celebrate him like he's some sort of hero? He's the worst. Like, seriously, they say stuff like, We should keep the holiday for him because he discovered America. But no. You know who discovered America? The Native Americans. Heck, he wasn't even the first European to reach America thanks to Ole Ferrickson beating Columbus to it by 500 years. I mean, the dude never even made it to the North American continent. He only landed in Central and South America and mostly islands in the Caribbean. So how are so many people in America still celebrating him? I'll tell you why. It's because Italian immigrants in the 19th century were persecuted when coming to America, so they used the story of how a brave and heroic Italian guy named Christopher Columbus discovered America because for some reason, it doesn't matter where you're from, at some point in history, America has persecuted every minority. And that's the version of Christopher Columbus people are fed. A brave and clever hero, blah, blah, blah. When in actuality, he was a moronic, narcissistic, and homicidal maniac. First of all, the man's calculations were way off. What do thousands of years of scientists and cartographers know about the Earth's shape and size? Said Columbus. The Earth is obviously twice as small because the Earth is shaped like a pear. Yeah, no, I'm not joking. Columbus actually thought that the earth was shaped like a pear. And this man is supposed to be a hero? Oh, but it gets worse. See, the Ottoman Empire had cut Europe off from the spice trade, and Spain was so desperate to get the spice flowing again that they gave Columbus, who said he could sail to India, the bare minimum supplies needed for his voyage. That way, if he died, which was most likely, no one would care. Now, the thing I said earlier about nobody trying to sail across the ocean because you would run out of supplies was still true. But because Columbus was a moron and thought that the Earth was super small and pear-shaped, might I add, it shouldn't be that long of a journey, he thought. Except he was wrong, because he would have died of starvation and a mutiny if he hadn't, by complete accident, landed in the Caribbean and discovered America. Don't mind the quarter million dino people who already live there. They don't count. This is obviously India, and the people living there are Indians. Despite the fact that the people, food, and geography, and everything else did not match up to Marco Polo's description of India. Do you want to know who named the American continents? Amerigo Vespucci. A guy who actually read Marco Polo's descriptions of India and knew when he went to explore the United States that, in fact, this was not India. And then he got to name the place because, I mean, at least he had a brain and didn't think that this was India and called all the people there Indians. And when the so-called Indians refused to give Columbus their gold because they didn't have any, because this wasn't India... He massacred them to the point that 50 years later, the island's population was only 200 out of a previous quarter million. Remind me why this guy's a hero again? 
all he did was kill and give diseases and ah! <sighs> Look, I'm sorry I lost my cool. You know, I just realized it's been a couple of uh, months now and since I started this podcast and it just occurred to me that I, I never told you what got me into history in the first place. You see, when I was in first grade, my teacher taught us about a man named Christopher Columbus. She said that everyone at the time thought that the earth was flat and that you would fall off it if you sailed too far. So people had to trade with India by sailing around Africa. But smart Columbus bravely set off to prove them wrong and discovered America, making him a hero. This is what I was taught. And being a small, impressionable child who takes everything adults say as fact, I did not question this information at all. I looked up to Columbus. Idolized him, even. I would thought to myself, that's the kind of man I want to be when I grow up. It wasn't until a year later when I found out the truth, when someone, you know, actually taught me what Columbus was actually like and what really happened. I was distraught. Not because the person I looked up to was actually a, a horrible monster. Okay, I guess a little bit was because of that. But because I was taught this lie by my own teacher. Someone who's supposed to give me correct information so I grow up knowing it. And from that moment on, I vowed to learn, read, and absorb every last little bit of information on history I could get my grubby little child hands on so I would know the truth of what happened in our past, and so I would never, ever look up to a person as horrible as Columbus again. I mean, now I research history because I think it's neat and fun, but my history obsession started out in hatred and spite of Columbus. I mean, I understand why my teacher didn't want to tell a class of first graders about all the horrible things that Columbus did. It's not appropriate to learn at that age, Heck, I'm leaving out the more gory and gruesome details because this podcast is for all ages. But don't spoon-feed people fake history of heroism. You can tone it down without having to absolutely lie, which is something that I deeply despise. So yeah, don't idolize Columbus. And if you do because you were taught the story of him being a hero like I did, I hope uh, everything I talked about today and you learning the truth will change your mind. And do your own research. Just don't take everything at face value as fact. I didn't make this podcast to just teach. I made it to encourage people to learn and research for themselves. There's a massive world of information on our history. Big and small. And so much of it is funny. Or sad. Or epic. Or something in between. Or some other adjective that I can't think of right now. And it's all worth researching. So let's just get rid of Columbus Day for good and permanently make it Indigenous People's Day with Leif Erikson Day on October 9th for good measure. Was this entire episode a setup for me to rant about people who still like Columbus? Yes. Yes, it was. Also, for Indigenous People's Day, do some research of your own. There was just so much, so much, too much info for me to fit into a single episode with my poor organization skills. But hey... Maybe sometime soon. I mean, hey, it's worth researching. 
especially if you're in America where the American education system just touches on uh, the history of the native people like uh, Columbus, something, something, Thanksgiving, blah, 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 Trail of Tears, humana, humana, modern day. So yeah, do some research to fill in the gaps. Anyway, that's all about all the time I have for today. This episode might be an incoherent rambling mess. I do not know. We'll have to see in post. Uh, so yeah, happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Happy Leif Erikson Day. Uh, happy whatever other holiday I missed that you observed. If you like my show, you can uh, email me about what topic you want me to do. Or, you know, just say hi or something. Or, or, or be angry at me because you disagree with what I said. Uh... In which case, uh, you're wrong. Why? Because I'm the one with a microphone and uh, content on the internet, so I'm automatically right. Uh, uh, that is a joke. I am not. Please do your own research. Unless it's about Columbus, in which case he was a jerk and I will defend that to my grave. Oh yeah, what was I saying? Oh yeah, email. Or you can do uh, the Twitters with uh, the tag at hist hijinks. So yeah, happy Halloween, I guess. Wait, I'm going to make an episode for Halloween. So yeah, I guess uh, that's the end of this long, convoluted episode. I've been Nicholas Fowler, and remember, this has been one for the history books. <laughs>